0: Hey, you're listening to the Winnipeg Music Project, where music making matters. I'm your host, Ashley bien Each episode features interviews with local music makers in hopes to connect the vibrant Winnipeg music scene with listeners like you. Through stories of songwriting, album releases, and touring, listen to the unique journeys of local artists who love what they do. to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM Music Making Matters. I'm your host Ashley Bingash. Today I am here with half of the blood shots.
1: Yeah, like a good percentage. Yeah, a good
0: percentage. 2 of 5. 2 of 5. Yeah. Um how are you?
1: I'm good. Yeah. Keith, how are you? Great. Yeah. Ashley, how are you? I'm
0: I'm good. It's um we're recording this on a Sunday. A nice Yeah. Sunday afternoon.
1: This is like church.
0: Exactly, yeah. the, like the the it's like the fun late ser- uh, session ceremony, yeah. whatever you want to call it. S- #hashman
1: Ashley Church sessions. Yeah,
0: no, I don't know about that. That's <laughs> not that's not a thing. We're not gonna start that. <laughs> um, so we have known each other for I'd say over a year. Yeah, almost a year and a half. At least. Yeah, it's crazy how time flies. We were talking, I think, uh, when you when you were we were filming the talking stick. Right. Um, about getting you on the show and then just time flew by. Yeah, yeah,
1: and, as um, it does. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So um
1: Well, it's c- hey, it's finally happening. Yeah, yeah, we're
0: here, we're doing it and everyone is listening is like, "Okay, start talking something
1: interesting." Yeah. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> So, let's just jump into it. Um describe your sound, give me your elevator pitch.
1: Um well, I would call it just Rock and roll with like a touch of maybe like '90s grunge feel. Mm-hmm. There's some punk elements in there. We were all had our little you know skateboarding punk phases, and uh we just br- bring it all together, and it became Bloodshots. Right.
0: So how did you all meet? Would you meet for the band, or were you friends beforehand and decided to work together?
1: Uh, so basically, uh Keith and I had gone to high school together. And um, we kind of fell out of touch for a good chunk of years and bumped into each other at a social. As you do. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was in a band, he was in a band, but we had both kind of been at the end of those projects, I guess. Knowingly or? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, we weren't doing anything for a while. And I just, you know, hey, are you still playing? And, you know. I said, I got these ideas, and I, I got to get them down. Right. And we were like, okay, hey, let's make it happen. I think it still took about a year after that meeting maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how long
2: it was after that. but
1: It was a while, but uh, we kind of just got ideas down. I think we were in his grandparents' basement, and... Uh, we We added some more members, obviously to round out the group, and the songs just started flowing right, yep, yeah.
0: so who else is in the project who could not be with us today?
1: uh Jared Masters, who pounds the drums for us, he could not make it today uh Orvis Thomas, who is on lead guitar for us, he's currently at work, <laughs> and Garrett Evans. Uh, on bass, he's also at work. But uh, me and Keith, we said no to work. Yeah. Like, it actually needs us.
0: Yeah. When the project started, what were your major influences? Like, when you listen back to the music at the beginning, can you hear in the music, like, okay, that's from that band, or like, that's who mm. we listened to at that point?
1: Riff-wise, like, the guitar riffs, I, it was almost like a uh, like a Black Sabbath feel on some of it. And, uh, just like the way Tony Iommi would kind of flow on the neck of his guitar, we were kind of doing that too. And it was kind of non-intentional, you know, it just happened that way. Um, I'd even say like, uh, what you, like Smashing Pumpkins, kind of Nirvana. obviously. Nirvana. Yeah. Uh, um, and it just seemed to, like I said earlier, like it just became a song, you know, and a riff became a song really quick, right? So, yeah.
0: Okay, and throughout the years, how has the music evolved? Like, are you still very similar to the to the Nirvana and Smashing Pumpkin sounds, or would have you would you say that it's it's progressed in a different direction?
1: I would say, like, I mean, because over the past years, we've Opened for a lot of like prominent rock acts like Buck Cherry and Danko Jones, and slash. Um, it's no big deal. Yeah, it, but just seeing that those, like, how those guys are just, you know, there's bare bones rock and roll, you know, like crunchy riffs and whatever. I'd say we we've kind of taken a lot of that towards our new writing style and added you know what we used to be to that and you can hear that on our new single hot a lot of people the feedback we're getting on it is whoa there's like a greasy 80s feel to this this is sleazy one guy's like i can make babies to this music (laughs) we're like all right that's good i think as long as you support said babies and (laughs)
0: Right. Uh, and do you think that th- this 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 new project or this new album that you're you're working on is going to have a lot of those vibes or is that like or, or, or now that you've heard this feedback, you're going to kind of switch and, and lean into that more?
1: Well, I wouldn't want to like. Get away too much from like our creativity, like I wouldn't want to try and, OK, no, we need to write like this. This is what we need to do, you know, because then I feel like you're kind of getting away from your you know what got you to wherever in the first place so like there are some other singles that will be coming off of the album that you can still hear the simplicity of like the grungy riffs that we had but maybe more complex and like a in a verse or chorus you'll get that rock vibe in there Mm -hmm. so and those songs like these the new songs have been so well received live There's a couple where we're not even done playing them and nobody's heard them before and they're already singing along to them. So that's got to be a good sign. (laughs) It's a good
0: sign. You got something catchy going on and you've got those hooks down pat. Mm -hmm. That's good. So you've had the same band members since the beginning of the band.
1: Uh, We've switched out a couple here and there. Okay. You know, the main thing about the music business these days is that, you know, you're you're not making much off of it. And you know, sometimes that adds some stresses and some uh, animosities yeah. and whatever and
0: it's hard to commit to something. It is, yeah. Especially like to have concrete. a group
1: of people commit to it. So I mean we've we've switched out. Um we've had a different bass player before whom like had to move away for a career. Right. Um we had a drummer that an original drummer that just kind of couldn't do it anymore Mm -hmm. and um the lineup we have now we've had for about two years though and it seems very like it's sticking good and it's healthy yeah Yeah. so so
0: what so what are you doing to make this 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 relationship work because everyone has different lives and different responsibilities what are you doing to keep it healthy
1: you know what like talking (laughs) it's like a it's like a relationship Mm mm-hmm um, let's say we we need to have a rehearsal for something like later today we're, we're rehearsing for uh, a festival and um, sometimes all five of us can't sync up our schedules, right? But it won't... Kate, no rehearsal then. Well, then four of us will go or three of us or whatever, right? Just to keep everything fresh Some and kind of is good. whenever we can get all together, it just falls into place again because you know everybody's on the same page for like yeah i gotta work or i I got my kid or you know so you you can't let that build as frustration or anything Mm -hmm. you just got to go with it right yeah
0: yeah and so do you have like a consistent schedule or is it just when everyone's available or have you like set aside, like set aside time once a week? Okay. We need to meet at this time. And maybe like before a big show, um, you have like a couple of shows a w- or a couple of rehearsals a week or do you have like something like set or is it easier for, for your group to, to be fluid and work with each other's schedules?
1: It's kind of been working to be fluid. Like, um, every If there's a big show coming up, everybody seems to kinda make the time you know like um we I'd say we rehearse at least once a week, once or twice at like yeah with the,
2: once for sure at least sometimes twice,
1: yeah, and that works great for us
2: when this
0: happens, is it expected that you are gonna be rehearsing on your own time as well and then come in um? Ready to go, or is it you? the The rehearsal once a week is your practice time.
1: Yeah, um no, you got to noodle around at home too on your own time. Yeah, <laughs> you know why not? Right, you were doing it before anyways. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so, but in terms of like when you're when you're writing or creating new songs together, is it like you're gonna work on ideas on your own and then bring them into the band, or is it all like? Hey, let's just build, make something on the spot Or do you expect that people have, will have prepared And maybe come in with ideas Or is it a little both
1: Lately it seems That Everybody kind of if, if someone has an idea They kind of build it themselves And then bring it there And Everybody will kind of like add their Their flair to it And that idea might change You know completely from what it started out as but um we seem to be having more success with new material when we do it that way as opposed to all of us just in the same spot like okay let's write a song now you know right it just like I said before that kind of just makes it feel forced right Mm -hmm. and you might just write crap at that point (laughs) maybe yeah you know
0: in in previous projects that you've been in, has that been your writing style as well, or is it does this feel like unique to this to this project?
1: Uh, in previous my previous projects, I didn't really have much to do with the writing process. I was just like, okay, here's my rhythm part. I'll just play that, you know.
2: Uh, yeah, most of the time we just collaborate with ideas and get something going, and it's really no different. But sometimes, yeah, we just go home and think of something or sometimes it's on the spot and
0: right yeah and is there ever like an agreed like hey we're going home think of at least one idea before the next rehearsal or it's just like hey did anyone think of anything this week
2: yeah I'd say sometimes we you know at the end of the rehearsal we'll you know go home and everyone try and get something going and bring it back next jam and try it out then
0: I'm just, I'm just curious, like as someone who's very new to the, to the band life, it's just, um, I find that bands can write so quickly or Mm -hmm. they can come in and sometimes even finish a song like in one session and it's, is it because they're all just so talented they can do it on the spot or is there a lot of preemptive like rehearsing and like practicing? And And
1: that's another thing too, is a song can transform after it's even done, right? Or else you could go. Have a bunch of ideas, and let's say you're going to record with a producer. He might change it around, and that's happened to us before with um Dale Penner, and we took a song to him, and you had to be pretty open with things where he's like, "No, nah, that part's not that good, we're gonna cut that out, you know, and you're just like, "Oh okay, <laughs> okay. and then he's like, "Hey, okay, wait, uh, do this part here and this part here, and you have to be open to letting." your your product be picked just apart sometimes, sometimes yeah. yes exactly and what did you
0: say sorry
2: uh, just like set your ego aside sometimes mm. and let people help you and right. you know exactly
0: but uh, is there a, a point where you kind of like, you draw the line like no we need this part in because like, it is still like your artistic ideas and do you, want, like, you don't want to let someone impose too much of their own opinion on it yeah
1: for sure like at the end of the day
0: you have to agree with it yeah, yeah.
1: it's your art right yeah um we have a um, like a short video on youtube for a single we did um called kill me tonight and uh we recorded that with John Paul Peters in Winnipeg here and in the video he actually touches on that and says like I have to honor the artist first. Like I have to take their vision of what the song is and respect that. But I can add my own, you know, ideas or insights mm-hmm. from whatever. And working with him was awesome. You know, like just in that aspect, he'd be like, "Uh, maybe try this," and we would, "Oh, yeah, that's way better." Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs>
0: and it's, it's, I guess, it's good in some respects because they're they're a third person like uh, or they have a third person opinion they're hearing it from like the outside they weren't part of the creative process so they're Mm -hmm. indifferent to the like the personal lines and like hey i'm hearing this from like maybe an audience perspective and i exactly this isn't gonna work it might feel good when you're playing it might sound cool but it just it doesn't flow with the overall song so right sometimes you need that person to kind of keep you in place and like keep you true to and maybe it is better. And maybe we're like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what we wanted. We just weren't able yeah. to get to it to ourselves.
1: I so. remember actually when we wrapped up that session, he sitting in his chair and he just turned around at us and kind of, okay, well, see, there you go. Now we have a nice catchy pop rock song. It just flows, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, JP. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, and in terms of like w- when you have a producer who is jumping in and doing ideas like that d- Are they now part of like the songwriting royalty process or, or are they just like hey? I'm here to help out and guide you and it's kind of a part of their fee
1: uh, What I've learned is that it depends on the producer um, And I think usually They make that decision and you know because Sometimes they completely change a song, and, you know, if it becomes a hit, that's kind of thanks to them as opposed to, you, you know, Maybe. you're writing. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, not to say that the song wouldn't have become a hit before, but if it does, you know, who knows?
0: Right. So it's usually a verbal, like, or, yeah. not, or written, I would imagine, agreement? Or yeah. do you have, like, as someone who's never been in the studio, um, when you finish recording a song, do you have, like, a split sheet written right there, or... Like in terms of royalty we, percentages?
1: N- no, we haven't run into anything like that yet. But I think on like a higher scale, um, we've w- worked with and played shows with some artists that are signed to labels and have worked with um, like prominent artists or producers. And I'm I've heard that that's played into it or whatever, you know. Hmm. So.
0: Right. I was just at JMM and they talked about that. So I was, I was uh, it was something that I have been thinking about. I got to get a producer on the show and talk to them about yeah. their side of it. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll reach out to, to John and see yeah, what he says. Yeah. Even cool.
1: Dale Penner. Yeah. Either of those guys would probably love to do it.
0: Absolutely. Well, if you're listening, reach out to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'll set something up. Um, so you are going to be performing at Festival de Voyageur in, yes. um, in the coming week.
1: Yeah, it's very exciting. Uh, a week today,
0: a week a week today. Yeah. 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 Well, technically on Sunday.
1: Yes. For those of you oh, who are right, listening. Yeah, right. right. We're in the past and they're in the future. Yeah. So. <laughs> right. We're, it's,
0: and then the show is still in the future for both of us. Right. But, um, Oh, I but just got a headache. Yeah. <laughs> For those who are listening who are unfamiliar with Festival de Voyageur, it is a uh, a festival that happens in February here in Winnipeg every year, um, celebrating uh, the, the Voyageur, the Métis, um, the Francophone community here in, in, in Manitoba. And it's just kind of we eat we, we maple syrup on a stick, yeah. and we listen to music, and we have pea soup. And a lot of booze. And yeah, <laughs> we look at art, art ice sculptures. Um,
1: it was like we need a festival like this, but in the winter. I yeah. got it. Yeah.
0: we have so many summer music festivals. Yeah. We should have someone in the winter now. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure that's what, uh, what the why that came about. But um, <laughs> it's a great festival, and um, if you are ever in Winnipeg, please come down and check it out. Um, if you're coming this week, for example. It's going to yeah. be a lot of
1: Absolutely check it out. And
0: it's really wonderful that they they champion the local music scene too and they 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 dedicate a lot of their their stages of, um to to the local scene and yeah. they have a specific stage that's partnered with Manitoba Music this year to um for an indigenous music stage. Um but you guys are on the Forest 150 Yeah. 10 stage. Yeah. Um so uh w- why do you think that this festival and and why playing at festivals at this point in your career is important to you or important for your career.
1: I think that there's still a different, um, I'll say crowd that attends festivals that doesn't necessarily listen to the radio too much or, you know, there's totally a breed of just the festival goer and you want to reach those people. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Festivals are a big part of uh, an artist building their career. Like, you can eventually just keep leaping on these festivals till you get to the big ones, you know? Like, I've seen stories of bands that aren't signed, aren't whatever, um, getting on to big festivals, and that could, you know, that could break you. Like, that could... You know, right. people are going to remember if, you, if you're if you playing for like 5,000, 10,000 people and they see you at like 11 in the morning or, you know, one in the afternoon, they're going to remember if you really killed it, right? Right. So I think, yeah, festivals are very important.
0: Mm-hmm. And if you have like five ten thousand people, even if just like 20 of, the, of those 10,000 people exactly. buy your album, that's yeah. 20 sales, which mm-hmm. is pretty good. Um, is that, is that your goal is to get, to get broken? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And what does that mean to you? Like this, the idea of the blood shots being, uh, the most successful, where do you see that? It's not the same for everyone.
1: No. Um, I mean, I'd be lying if I was trying to, you know, be modest and say, we don't really care. We're just doing it for the music or whatever. We are doing it for the music, but
2: you know, try and make it a, to a point where you can make a living at it. And it's, it's what you like doing, right? Okay. So why not try and push it as far as you can really get it?
1: Perfect. Some people have aspirations to be, a, you know, a cop. <laughs> and they get there and they make a comfortable living doing it. Well, this is, we've all liked rock and roll forever. So if we can't um, make a, if we can make a living doing it, why not
0: right and 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 how would you like to make a living off of it? Do you want to be a touring band? Do you want to be is it for more from sales? Is it more from from sponsorships? Like wh- how do you hope to make uh, a living off of this? I'd
1: say all of the above whatever yeah. you can get. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, we'll take what we can get. Yeah touring for sure um, nationally, uh, eventually internationally would be amazing. Um, sales sales is a weird thing right now in the industry with streaming and whatever i i'm not a fan of the whole streaming thing i get that this new generation of music maker is tackling it in a new way and i just think a lot of these streaming platforms are yeah they're just not compensating the artist well but portrayed in a way that they're doing you a favor and we're just supposed to accept, Oh, thanks so much, Spotify. You know, thanks for the 16th of a cent per, you know, stream or whatever. And then it used to be okay when people were buying, you know, paying a buck for a download, but now iTunes is Apple music and it's just streaming and, you know, it's just, I don't know. Um, I get it that it's um, a good way to get your music out there, but even that, I feel, has become compromised by record labels or um, you know promotional companies paying Spotify, oh, well, here, push these artists first, or, you know, and then you just, again, you're just taking a back seat, right? Or if you want your song added to uh, today's rock hits or whatever, well, now you have to pay hundreds of dollars to a a company to push your single to that and it's like are you gonna recoup that money Uh, you know but i don't know i take a lot of flack for my views on that (laughs) in this winnipeg scene yeah
0: it it is definitely hard to balance that or to justify sometimes when the numbers aren't showing and where it there are some issues with that, that, that imbalances and a lot of it comes with, with like who you know at this point and like how you yeah, who, to Know the right, right person to get the right connections to get t- into the right spot so you could be seen mm-hmm. and that can be hard um, So then what are you what are you doing differently or what are you doing outside of that to achieve your your goal? Your su- of success like what are you what are you working on now? And planning and, and kind of strengthening to get you to where you want to be even if you can't rely on streaming and platforms
1: Like that. Well, I think before I'd want to just pay to get my music put somewhere or whatever, I would like to, you know, earn that spot. Like maybe get on with a record label and they can help us to push that, you know, that single wherever. And I just, there's a lot of pay to do things these days, and people seem to be okay with, oh, you want to open for this band? Pay us this. Or, uh, oh, you want to have your um, whatever pushed here? Well, run this ad. Pay this. Whatever. And I guess we just come from a time where we we never paid to play anything. We've never, you know. And... I just feel that in the end that's going to come back on you and you're you're not going to get right. anywhere with that you know other than broke
0: right so then for what are how are you engaging with your fans for free like what are you doing to engage your fan base and your audience that doesn't require you to spend money or that might just cost time
2: um pushing, uh, all ages show. we're recently pushing an all ages show coming up at the uh dog with the what's it
1: the dog pound place yeah bulldog pizza yeah Yeah. we we played um a sold out show at the park theater this past year and it was all ages and the amount of kids that came out to that show was just like we were kind of we were actually blown away by it you know because obviously in winnipeg it's not really a big thing to have all ages shows here and um when we've been touring in, like, Saskatchewan or Ontario, I I, don't, I guess the laws, maybe things are different. Um, there's always been a lot of kids at shows, and the kids love rock and roll, right? So we've kind of been looking around. Um, somewhere here we could do an all-ages show, and we, um, we teamed up with... Uh, it's, it's called Rising Youth, and... Mm-hmm. And we uh we were gonna be putting on a free show at Bulldog Pizza because kids don't have money, <laughs> right? Right. So we the show's gonna be free entry. Um we're gonna be giving away a t shirt to every kid in attendance. And um you know what? Where there's kids, there's parents and where there's you know i right. I just feel like you gotta You got to do those things, because that's the next generation of rock and roll, right?
0: Mm. I think that's a really interesting topic, because we've talked about this a lot, and I've talked about it a lot with um um, local artists. Like the the music scene here is very bar centric. Like it's all about going to bar. The most music venues are also a bar, and there's an age restriction for that. And there aren't very many places or venues that are all ages are youth friendly or um can allow for a younger audience to exactly. expose be exposed to music and that's something that like is almost concerning because like how are we going to continue to nurture this young audience or these these younger artists if they want to become artists eventually if they can't be exposed to the local scene and promote the local scene by being involved in it because you find who you are as an artist you, you find out what kind of music you like at that really young age and you kind of stick to that exactly when you're younger yeah
1: so. like there's no you can't depend on things like much music anymore right you know yeah. <laughs> or um it's just it, and, i feel like the with the rock genre not really getting much attention i'd say in the last 10 15 years even it's kind of taken a back seat to a lot of like unless you're like the big yeah, guys. yeah. Ex- that's and
0: emphasis on guys
1: right <laughs> yeah hey women rock too they do yeah Yeah. they're pretty good at it um where we went we're talking about the the youth and the youth right winnipeg um yeah yeah the the a lot of the venues like you said are bars and it's always kind of been that way Mm -hmm. and that really cuts off half of your Following if mm-hmm. you can't have the people who really love to rock out They're doing that. You know? Yeah,
0: I remember when I was a kid um, well, I only was ever exposed to the bands that were on the radio or who could, would fill up a stadium or right. and like My first concert was like Britney Spears and right see so I never right and I never um, Thought like I never even thought that's a band could be local and then when I met my first uh, when I was already an adult and i met uh, um my first like local musician and that i knew of and she's like yeah i just released an album like you released an album like that's that's possible (laughs) like you can do that and it just blew my mind and then and then i got involved in the local scene i'm like okay yeah i got ever anyone can do it really anyone can be a musician which is a beautiful thing um a performing musician releasing music is what i mean like everyone can be a musician but um i knew that but now I know that these artists are local, are part of the scene, and they're they're doing like this. This is where all those big like Britney Spears, mm-hmm. Halsey, this is where they all, in most cases, started. And I think if we if doing these all these all ages shows like you you've started kind of reaching into, you're creating this like this um exposure to these kids that probably never would have experienced yeah. it. And it's hard to even like even though like YouTube is a thing and kids like just love YouTube. YouTube isn't really ha- doesn't really have the algorithm helping local music to local art local kids. Like no, there's nothing not like that. Yeah. So I think that's a really good idea. Clearly you sparked something in me because now I'm like tangenting about it. But that's a really good idea maybe we need a maybe Winnipeg Music Project needs an all ages venue. That's For sure.
1: <laughs> and you know, a lot of people take the angle on it as well, the venue makes all their money off booze. Mhm how can you have a show without booze but the venue's not making money anymore there's ways and you know yeah, that's really unhealthy too exactly Why why does it, it work everywhere else but winnipeg then you know winnipeg is the land of excuses <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, the the land of deal lovers we all love a good deal yeah, too. yeah. don't forget that um, so I think that's a really interesting topic and I will always talk about that more maybe off off the show yep. Um, I would like to jump more into the songwriting aspect of the blood shots Um, we t- we hinted at it before but I'd like to use hot as a, an example Uh, and kind of maybe we could go through the timeline from 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 birth to to recording what what how was that song? Uh, written how, what started it who inspired the, the beginnings of it?
1: Uh, just fiddling around at a rehearsal, I was kind of just playing like sleazy rock riffs on my guitar, and um, that intro riff, the doo 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 doo. I did that, and we were like, "Hey, wait, that could be something." We kept going on it, going on it, and uh, it turned out. I think Garrett might have came up with the verse riff and it just yeah it the the vocal melody kind of matched with that riff and uh
0: so it w it, it was mostly you had like the, the melodies and like the harmonies written first before yeah. you started adding lyrics
1: yeah and uh that's kind of happens with a lot of our actually i'd say every song a lot of people seem to be surprised by that i guess maybe people write lyrics first and then mold a song around that i don't know it's not really our way yeah Yeah, we we like to focus on melody first right like if you can move to the song it's not even going to matter what the words say so uh with that said we don't write you know, just stupid words placed into here or there. Songs are all about something. But, um, yeah, the way we did that, it just, it flowed together. And then Orvis came in with this, like, Angus Young ACDC guitar solo that just ripped the song apart. And we were like, okay, yep, we got into, uh, we recorded the song out in Toronto and, um, I think he nailed that solo <laughs> on like the first take and we're like, wow. yeah, that's the keeper. Right? You don't need to do anything else really. Right. Yeah.
0: Like, do you, do you want to do it again? Or yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, um, lyrically though, wh- when you had this, this riff and you're like, Kate, hey, this song makes me feel this way or Hey, I kind of want to write a song about this. How did you decide what you wanted the, like the lyrically, like l- 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 the thematic material to be?
1: Um, at that point, uh, I was angry with somebody and, um, uh, that just seemed to be the only thing in my head at that point.
0: <laughs> were they, were they hot? Is that what?
1: They were. Okay. <laughs> um, and then not so much. Right. <laughs> and, uh, well, that's what the song's about. <laughs> okay. And yeah, uh, one line just fed the next line and it just felt good
0: <laughs> and, and were you writing the these lines in the jam or is this on your own this was um, in
1: my own time yeah what I did uh or my kind of method for it is I used to write everything at home on an acoustic guitar but then sometimes I would get to rehearsal and we would all be playing together and it did, something wouldn't line up and then I'd have to chop out a word and i'd be like well now that doesn't make any damn sense so what i'll do now um is i'll take a recording on my cell phone at a rehearsal of the song start to finish and then i will play that in my car while i'm driving around somewhere and i'll try and i'll sing along to it with just nonsense right just Mm -hmm. to get a feel for the melody and then I'll have stuff written and I'll see what works see what fits
0: right okay so Keith what was your involvement in the writing of this song if if any
2: uh for this song you know what to be honest not much I just uh fill in some rhythm parts in there and uh I like what I heard of the song so I was just on board just uh yeah
0: and and when you first heard the the new lyrics Mm -hmm. how did you feel
2: I, yeah, he's I liked him. I, I mean... <laughs> what if we <you> didn't? <laughs> yeah. Just, um, uh, if he's got something to write about and he wants to make a song of it, then, you know, it's a catchy song, I think. So, uh, yeah, let's just let it roll. And,
0: and and does CJJ does most of the lyric writing?
2: For the most right. part, yeah. Okay.
0: And has there ever been a time where the band is like, no, <laughs> we're not going to do that? Or
2: Yeah, there's times where, we you know, we kibosh an idea or, you know, sometimes... Feelings get hurt here and there, but not for the most part. We get over it really quickly.
0: Yeah, it's all the ego thing we talked about earlier. Yeah, yeah
2: I mean, so. none of us really have too all big, big of an ego. So.
0: Right. Have you ever thought about bringing lyrics into the band?
2: I or? have to yeah. certain songs, okay. uh, some songs. And yeah, I mean, sometimes we do, sometimes it works. And I mean, if there's a good idea, we don't really you know, shrug anyone's ideas all that much. And if it works, it works. Right, yeah,
1: sure. I'd say like as as a duo between me and Keith, we're really good at, um, working together for, especially for lyrics. Like we have a song, um, that he had half of it and, you know, I took it and I was like, what do you think about this? You know? And same thing. He, the song was written about something. So I didn't want to stomp all over that. I was like, what do you think about this? And he was like, Oh, God. The, yeah, there that finished it. Same thing with me. I'll have an idea where um, I'll, I'll I'll say this is my idea for the chorus or whatever. And um, Keith will change it and I'll be like, God, why didn't like why didn't I think of that? Like, <laughs> so obvious. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes when you're when you're writing it, you get you have a different angle coming in at it. You have different feelings. You have different whatever. Right. And we're really good with uh with feeding off each other it, whether it be lyrics whether it be um uh, a riff or um an arrangement for the song it just works good with the two of us Great. and it has since day one
2: yeah i think for some songs too you know you write and you get stuck at a certain part and it's always nice to have you know someone else sometimes finish it or sometimes compliment it and some of the songs we do that, and it's it's good. work seems to work.
0: Yeah, sounds like you guys got a good a good thing going. So yeah, yeah, it makes We're sense. We're at a
1: point now where we'll be at um, we'll be jamming, and I'll be like, hey, what about this? And everybody's like, uh, no. And I'm no. like, all right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mo- moving on. Yeah. Like, are you are you sure though? It's like, yeah. it's a pretty cool idea. Like yeah. Like, nope, no, nope, okay. yeah I'll save that for my future solo yeah, career, yeah, then. Yeah, I'm gonna
0: write <laughs> that one down for myself. Yeah, you guys just don't get it. Yeah. So, what about the song "Kill Me Tonight," which we're gonna finish the show off today with? What What was the writing um, process for that?
1: That song um, is uh, a very sarcastic song. <laughs> um, I'm a very sarcastic guy, no, in, in a jokey matter manner, um, but. Uh, that song just kind of goes with our '90s grunge flow feel. It's a very, like um, the the guitaring is very, you know, up and down, up and down, and y- you can't help but kind of move to it. And um, lyrically, yeah, it's. Uh, I would I would write a part of. Of the song and then I would kind of sarcastically answer to it later you know Um, that was a fun one I like that one it that one kind of wrote itself almost it seemed you know and that one started with me on the coach and acoustic guitar and morphed into what it became
0: right and when when do you know that a song is like is truly finished and ready for recording
1: God sometimes you don't you just Oh yeah you know we have some songs that we've recorded and then when we play them now we've added like cool little licks or cool little whatever we're like damn i wish we would thought of that back then you know but hey. you see that with a lot of you know big artists too You're, so,
0: uh, the song is never truly finished yeah, yeah yeah
1: sometimes it mutates into something else but um there's also times where a lot gets cut out, right? You have this vision of a song. You're like, yeah, sweet. That's great. And then uh, the person, the engineer or the producer will be like, it's really good, but it's Six seven minutes, minutes long. long. Yeah. yeah. So we're going <laughs> to chop half of it out so that it's tolerable for people. Yeah.
0: Look, now you have two songs. Yeah.
1: So. <laughs> save part 2 for the next album.
0: Exactly. Or when you have like when you got, when you've reached that success you can release those seven minute yeah. long songs and everyone will just eat them up and love it. The B sides. Yeah, exactly. Um, so are do you like to perform your songs and and like maybe take them on tour and and do after so first with them first to kind of see how they fit first before you record them or do you wait till you've recorded released and then you perform them live?
1: We've done both. Yeah, um like
0: Which which one feels better or which one do you find is more successful?
1: It really depends on the song. Like um Hot, we had played um I'd say a few times before we recorded it and that's how we knew that one was a keeper because it was well received and people were asking us about it. After where can we find that? Where can we So we're like, "Okay, well, goddamn, we got to get this song done now because, right. you know." Yeah. And it for sure changes from when when you've seen it live it's changed to what it became in the studio right and there's been other times where um we didn't play a song and it was just recorded and it's worked out that way too right so yeah it really depends on the song right yeah
0: and after th- these these years of being in this project and being in other projects i'm sure that you've experienced um rejection and and the word oh no God, i mean yeah. maybe i don't know Tons. um <laughs> that can be hard on, on an artist and um on a band um do you have advice for artists or just things that you've done to kind of push through that those like those lows or those kind of those re- those rejections or just like that doubt maybe like well should we be a band or maybe we should rebrand or how do you push through that and kind of stay true to who you are as artists
1: you just have to have a sense of like almost passive not caring but you still have to care right right? like you have to care about your craft but it's not going to be for everybody and it's not going to you know, some things that you say apply to or you submit to, it's not going to fit well. And there's other times where you can't take that personally because it is who you know and who's pushing what. And you don't see that side of it because you're just this bright-eyed, you know, you're, whoo, I'm going to go and yeah. I'm going to make it be a now. i Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you submit to something and they're like, you're not quite ready. Right. Which is... I'm sure just a blanket statement to everybody that gets cut or doesn't make whatever because they had already had their whatever f- quota filled before they even, you know, well, so you just maybe. have to just keep doing it. Just keep doing you right. Who cares. Yeah. Worst case scenario, you had a good hobby.
0: Yeah, that's true. Something that made you happy. Yeah. And one thing to remember is that the music industry is very behind. Um, yeah. they don't really necessarily see the success, the potential that you have until, until you've, you've achieved it on your own. Right. And in some cases it's easier, especially if the, the, the genre is popular, you have some kind of quirk that makes you stand out. Um, or other times you, like you, you just really need to believe in yourself. And if you know that this is interesting, um, just, you have to find the audience and luckily we have the internet, which makes it a little bit easier. Yeah. It's harder in, in most ways, but it's, it is easier to find a unique audience. And if you can build it on your own, the industry will find you. Like yes. you can make money on your own here. Let me help you with that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so no pressure. So I'm glad that you have an idea of that and you're, you're aware. Mm-hmm. I think it's easier with the genres. Well, rock and roll is still pretty popular, but the genres that like tend to be like not as I guess, That's the word I'm looking for. Um, Now
1: you say rock and roll is still popular. I would say the words rock and roll are still popular. Like Mm. a lot of the acts and, you know, bands that are in the prominent in that genre today. I wouldn't have called them rock and roll 10 years ago or 15 years ago. You know what I mean? It's it's Keith calls it art rock but it's uh, and i think that works good because
0: the the new stuff that's fucking Yeah, and roll yeah, what quotations. what's popular
1: now and what's on these rock countdowns and stuff. And i think it's coming back. I'm seeing a lot of acts uh kind of focusing on the the old school rock, but yeah.
0: It's um it's that's interesting. Yeah, um, I always bring up this this statistic up from the, um, someone looked through the built the top 100 billboard and like um, Like 85% have trap influences or mm-hmm. have a very produced sound to them and have like these like, you know Like the, yeah. the high hats and everything um, so that wouldn't have been In rock and roll from 10 years ago, but it ha- why is it still the same? Yeah. Like is, is it is it still rock and roll, right? Well,
1: so that's just it right like you look Back when, and you would have in these countdowns or whatever, you know, you'd have Guns and Roses, Aerosmith. Uh, later on, it was Soundgarden and Alice in Chains, Nirvana. After that, what would it be like? A lot of like like Corn and stuff like that, right? Billy Talent eventually Rise Against, and now you look and it's like Imagine Dragons, A Wall Nation, Twenty One Pilots. Like, isn't that guy rapping? You know, like I, I don't know. It's, it, and that goes with what I was saying earlier about things being pushed forward by whatever the powers that be, right? Like, right. I don't know.
0: And then it that brings up the topic of like, what is a genre?
1: Yeah, which because is another, which is a whole other can episode. of worms, which we, we don't have <laughs> yeah. time today. But,
0: um, like with awards and like genres, I thought they're becoming a little outdated. Maybe that's right. not how we, yeah. But then how do you label music and how do you find music? And so I'm not going to get into that today. No. Maybe next, maybe next time we'll get on (laughs) the show uh, when you come back. Uh, So what are, what are the future plans of the Bud shots? What are your goals? What are you working on? Like documentaries or something? Like what are your plans? We're part
1: of a documentary called uh, Flatlander. Um, It's been probably in the works for about two years. And uh, it's with, Trevor Hurst of Econoline Crush and the guys in Econoline Crush too whom we've become really good friends with actually played a few shows and festivals with um, but it's a, basically about um, a lot of the um, wrongs against indigenous people Like it touches a lot on residential school stuff and um, it, it it's mainly about Trevor and his time he took away from rock and the music business to you know he to become a nurse and to be nursing on these uh, northern communities and these um obscure communities and reserves and that became his life isolated yeah yeah and uh and now he's you know coming back to the music thing but not shying away from you know getting away from what he was doing in those communities and that's i'd say that's wrapped up now and it's just kind of being pitched around to see where you know it could come out and um that thing's taken us we've been to ontario for it we've been to you know the the um, people doing the documentary have flown in just to interview do an interview at the forks or something you know and uh, it's a big thing. Yeah, it's it's a pretty big thing, and I hope it gets the right platform, right? it's Because a, it's yeah. really well done. And uh, musically, we're we're looking to um, we're we got shows pretty much every weekend now till uh, some about the middle of March, right? Um, and we are looking at booking some tour dates about early summer I'd say and then that's when you got to look into you know the festival circuit too so yep. hopefully that stuff um, we have had a little bit of label interest too so mm-hmm. we're, we're we're kind of tiptoeing around that to see what you know what what could work or what won't work right
0: so where can people find you on social media to keep track of this and keep and know when you're coming to a city near them
1: uh, yeah. on Instagram and Facebook, we are at the bloodshots two zero four. Um, and, uh, YouTube, if you just type in the bloodshots, Winnipeg, we're like the whole page. Uh, you can visit our website, um, www.bloodshotsmusic.com for tour dates and all other news. Yeah. newsletter. It, we don't.
0: Mm, not yet. Pressure's on. Yeah, cool. And for those of you who are unfamiliar, two hundred four is a area code here in Manitoba. Right. Um, so that's a a
1: thing. Um, so. Yeah, but you can catch us at Festival on Sunday the sixteenth, seven thirty p.m. in the Forest One Hundred and Fifty Tent. I think it might be Forest Something One Hundred and Fifty Tent, uh, but you'll find it. It'll be the loud tent. The loud one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then after that. We have a show at the Handsome Daughter the following, I want to say, the Friday, the 20-something. <laughs> cool. And then we are doing that all-ages show at Bulldog Pizza. Bring your kids down. It's free entry. Mm-hmm. They get and a t-shirt. You get a t-shirt. While supplies uh, last. Great. De- yeah, exactly. Uh, great deals on. They're doing a um, pizza and a drink deal for the night for kids, parents, whatever. Great and um yeah it's gonna be fun we're playing brandon with a band uh, our friends in dead levy they're a uh saskatchewan band uh, that one is coming up as well oh, i don't great. Know, i think that one might be april march or april but awesome yeah.
0: well we do have to wrap up we are out of time so i appreciate you uh for coming onto the show and spending time with me and uh, doing this, this has been fun. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I'm glad this has finally
2: happened.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Mm-hmm. Maybe now we'll get like a. We'll have to come back for a performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for UMFM, yeah. and um, let's do it. Performance here.
2: Sorry? Uh, sorry i just said i was interested in a live performance here at the UFFM uh, studio
0: yeah if you didn't know that you're listening if you come onto the show you can come out and do a live recording here yeah. at the studio and you can uh, th- we have 360 video camera that you can have on youtube and it's really cool and maybe the winnipeg music project is doing something with that in the future so stay tuned join our newsletter um <laughs> yeah <laughs> thanks for listening to this episode of the winnipeg music project for more on local music makers follow us on facebook instagram and twitter music by will and art from collector studio and a big thank you to umfm for making this show possible